0: Hello and welcome to The Buzz with Katie B. What's up? Welcome back to The Buzz with KDB. Today, I'm so excited to say I'm joined by Niles of Shaker Hymns. Hey, Niles, thank you for joining me. What's up?
1: Not much. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. So I just kind of want some background information on people who probably have no idea who Shaker Hymns are. So can you kind of just give like a background information?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we're a band out of San Marcos, Texas. We started back in 2015. So I guess I was eight going on nine years ago. We were all going to school here, um, and we all played music individually and wanted to play music live and on the road. And, and so we, we met all in different ways. It's kind of a long story, but I met our drummer first uh, working at Levi's. <clears throat> we were selling jeans together, and then he had a friend he grew up with that, that played a little bit of music. And so we got together then, and, and then we met our guitar player a couple years after that. Uh, we've been kicking it really hard on the road ever probably about 2017 is when we when we really started getting after it 2017 2018 right around the time mm-hmm. we all which and then uh we released two albums and an ep and we've just been <laughs> trying to play playing where and everywhere we can
0: yeah how did the name shaker hymns like form like i just want to know like where the name inspiration came from
1: yeah uh i was um I had been playing around in a bunch of different bands in and around the San Marcos, New Braunfels, Austin, San Antonio area. And I had I was playing with another guy who's still one of my best friends. He was actually the first guitar player we had in Shaker Hems. Um, he plays with another guy now named Hank Weaver. who's really good. You should check him out. But him and I were kind of starting our own thing, trying to do whatever we could. We didn't have a name. Uh, we, we were using this name from a band that i had started in high school which was really really bad and mm-hmm. we're like well we want to get away from that so we um were we're brainstorming things and one day i was sitting at a sam's club eating pizza <laughs> i was so broke <laughs> that's all i could afford I was, I was eating pizza at a sam's club and i was listening to a uh turnpike troubadour song called morgan street and mm-hmm. the uh, yeah, choruses like the movers and shakers on Morgan Street. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So I kind of started doing some research on that. And I I mean I I had the general idea of movers and shakers, but I just kind of looked up, you know, dictionary definition. It was just basically hustlers, people that are, you know, working all the time. And at the time we couldn't get booked anywhere. Like we had we would send our music to every single bar in the area no one would book us but we were practicing all the time i think when we first started we practiced probably five or six days a week for like four to six hours a day so we considered ourselves pretty hard working and that's kind of always what we wanted to do we we didn't really want anything handed to us so we we took that whole movers and shakers thing and um decided to call ourselves like the song of the working man so like hymns church Mm -hmm. hymns so that's kind of where that came from
0: that's actually really interesting. I always love to hear like how band names come about and that's like one of the most interesting ones I've heard.
1: Oh, I'm glad I'm glad it I'm glad it <laughs> interests a lot of times. I mean, we have so many friends that have cool band names and they're like, oh, I don't know, man, we just uh made it sounded cool. We're like, All right, cool, whatever, man, nothing works.
0: <laughs> no, it's cool if they actually have kind of like a story about them.
1: That's right, yeah. like
0: that's cool how they came about.
1: For but- sure.
0: What's it's been like how you guys have been performing for a while. What's like a show that you'll like? You'll never forget that you've done.
1: There's been a few of them. Um, we've been we've been really fortunate to to make some good friends in in the industry or the the scene, I guess, that have had us uh, open up for them. We've also had some really cool headliner shows ourselves. I mean, some of the first times that we went on the road to Lubbock. Uh, and played at the Blue Light. We had like no expectation. We thought we'd go and do maybe three or four tickets total. But uh, I think one of the first times we played there, we did like 175, 200 tickets. And there's a built-in crowd there, which is great. People and love to listen to live music. But it was also really cool to go and and at the end of the night here that we had sold 175 tickets. Mm-hmm. Some of the top ones, uh, I would say we, we got to play Whitewater Amphitheater which was really, really fun. Um, mm-hmm. We we all live in this hill country area, so we've all gone out and seen shows there a million times, so to be able to play there was great. Um, we also got to play uh, Floors Country Store on the outdoor stage as a support act, and I grew up five minutes away from Floors, so that was kind of a
0: mm-hmm.
1: bucket list one for us for sure. I'll say those are probably the top two um, other than – the yearly Larry Joe Taylor Festival. Uh we always have way too much fun there. And it's it's a blast. And we we have the wonderful misery of knowing a lot of people out there now. So every time we go out there, it's like a reunion party and it's just crazy.
0: That's awesome. Um is it is it like really hard for you guys to like find times to play shows with everyone's like family life going on, or is it kind of just like a sh- big shared calendar.
1: It's a shared calendar. For <laughs> um, it's gotten a little bit more difficult lately, probably within the last year, because we're all getting a little bit older. But when we graduated college and we we're still in college, and right after that, probably about five, five or six years, um, we didn't do anything but play. So if, any show we would get, I mean, we were always busy. And we're still very busy. And I'm only saying that it's getting a little bit harder now because we've, we've kind of tried to force ourselves to make time to go do the family. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been we've been really busy and to the point where like we would have family things scheduled and then get a show offer that week and, you know, have to cancel on family stuff or, you know, going to see our, our little cousin's birthday or whatever, maybe a baseball game. Um, but that's kind of the the understanding i think going in we're all really lucky i think i think we all feel the same way about each other that we know uh how dedicated each person is to making the music thing work mm-hmm. we're we're always kind of ready at the drop of a hat to go go play anywhere um it's tough but but uh i think the the music and the the wanting to do music kind of makes it a little bit easier for us Uh, and yeah we we just kind of take everything that we can get and and go Mm -hmm. do it
0: yeah there's sacrifices like you need to take as a musician and it can involve missing some missing something important that like you said you were going to be at but as long as like you guys all have the same mindset about it and like this is your dream you're living then you know people understand and support it which is good (laughs) And it's tough for musicians to fully it's, grasp sometimes.
1: Oh, yeah. I've missed, I missed so many weddings and uh, baby showers and all of it. i missed, I missed so much. And it, it used to be, I think I used to get more. Can I curse on this podcast? Can I say? Yes, can I say, you can. <laughs> I used to get more shit for it from people that like, oh, man, how come you don't? you know I weren't you there but now I think people kind of understand or maybe they just gave up I don't really know but <laughs> a little bit easier
0: yeah totally and it's nice when people can see it and they're like okay like you had to miss this for like a big gig you had like totally understandable which is yeah. nice when people can get it to a sense or you know like you said they just gave up
1: <laughs> yeah I mean I, I missed my my 10-year high school reunion the, the lap was it this year? or Last? It was last year. I missed it because uh, we were we were opening up for Randy Rogers somewhere. So like I got, I had some people hit me up. They're like, "Oh man, are you gonna be there?" I was like, "No, nah, I'm not, man. We got a show, and I I, I don't ever want to sound pretentious or anything. So I don't, I don't I don't really go around bragging, saying we're playing with this person, that person. But uh, yeah, someone called me out, and they were like, "Oh, you just you just don't want to go. You don't you want to make it like, <laughs> Like I, we were going to go play with this guy that we used to watch in middle school. If you remember that. So that was a cool moment, but yeah, I mean, it is just what it is.
0: Yeah, totally. So what is kind of like your writing process like going into getting on songs? Like, is it mainly just like, do you all collaborate on it or is it just like strictly everyone just kind of like, I kind of want you to do this. Like, what is the writing process like?
1: Right. Um, For the most part, I do most of it. On this past, this most recent album, um, our bass player and our guitar player got a co-write. And then there's a girl named Juliet, uh, who was on our first album. There's a great singer-songwriter, her name's Juliet McConkie. Her, and then another one of my friends and a guy that used to work for us on the road, all got co-writes. But for the most part, I do do the bulk of the writing. All kind of... I mean, I'm always, I feel like I'm always writing. So I'm, I'm always either taking in things, writing them down, or, or, uh, you know, I'll get like a turn of phrase or something in my head or, you know, whatever it may be. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, and I, I'm really bad about going back and revisiting stuff. I always have it there, but, uh, I feel like the, the good ones, or at least the ones that I think are good, will resurface themselves and I'll remember, you know, this line or that line. Uh, and then I'll sit down and, and either, crank it out on a guitar or piano or whatever it may be. Or sometimes I'll just be driving in, in the car or in the van from whatever gig and like a, a line and a melody will pop up and I'll start that. And then I kind of just take it from there. I'll, I'll build the entire song kind of how I hear it with melodies and maybe a guitar part or, or piano part or whatever it may be. And then I'll bring it to the band um, and we'll, we'll kind of work it out. We used to do it a lot more like uh i guess old school rock and roll way where we used to get into a room as loud as it could be and just hash out songs for hours uh we don't do that as much anymore because we don't have free time so now the process is more like i'll i'll kind of come up with the shell of the song and then we'll either i'll either send it to them so they can hear it kind of like an idea of it and then we'll go like rehearse it at soundcheck or something but even more so with this this most recent album. I think I had... I think we have 13 songs on, on the album. And I probably had four or five completely done when we went into the studio. And then we went into the studio and I had probably another six, like, quarter to half songs. And then the last three or four, whatever it may have been, kind of showed up in the studio. But a lot of our work, writing-wise, is... um whenever we get time or whenever we're on a time crunch because we need to get an album out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Have you ever like sent something to them and they've like hated it? Like <laughs> they're like no, that's not good. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, they they're nicer about it than that. Uh, but <laughs> definitely, but I mean I'm all I'm writing all the time and so I'll, I'll come up with something new and I'm like oh man this is going to be good and I'll and I'll send it to them or you know show it to them. And you can always tell when it's kind of like, oh, yeah, that's that's cool or whatever. You know, they, they but, uh, and it's funny because there's been times where I'll show them something. They're like, oh, dude, that's going to be a hit. And I'm like, OK, cool, whatever. And we start, you know, playing it. We can't figure it out. And the producer is like, the fuck are y'all doing, man? This just like, get that. So we'll get rid of it. And there's other times where uh, I'll write a song and I'm like real hot on it. And they're just like, eh, OK, cool, whatever. Then we'll get in the studio and like hash it out. And then the end product will come out. They're like, dude, I I don't know. I didn't expect it to be like that, but it came out really good. I'm like, yeah, man, you just got to trust the process. But then they're (laughs) like, this is going to be a hit. And they're like, no. And then I like bully them into doing it. And then it sucks. So I think that's just part (laughs) of the process. I mean, we're all, we all really just, it sounds so cheesy to say, um, but we've been doing it so long. Uh, there's not a doubt in my mind that we all really, really do just love like music and creating. And so anytime we get to do it, it, it went from to where it was like, you know, we really worried about each other's feelings and all that. And now, I mean, we know each other well enough. To, they're Like I said, they're not mean about it and I'm trying not to be mean. Mm-hmm. But if something's bad, we're not going to keep, you know, forcing it. It, yeah it is
0: yeah okay my boyfriend's like a huge fan and he asked me he's like you need to ask him because he explains it at concerts like this like s- story and writing process of as I am so he told me yeah. that you need to explain that
1: <laughs> yeah uh I always I always introduced that song by saying it's when I lived in a storage shed um I I, I I say that on stage because it's easy to to say and it kind of jars people and they're like, well, this guy lived in a storage shed. So half of it is true. I did. I wrote half of that song while I was living in a storage shed. The other half I wrote while I was currently or technically living with my girlfriend at the time, but I was mostly homeless. Uh, I had graduated college and when I, when I was in school, I lived uh, with my best friend from high school. We lived together all throughout college And when we we graduated, we both moved from San Marcos to Kyle, Texas, which is just north of, I mean, maybe 10 minutes away. And we got a house up there. But then I think he graduated a semester before I did. And right out of college, he got a job that was causing him to relocate back home, San Antonio. And so we both moved out of that house. And I was still in San Marcos. I was still going to school but I was only going to be in school for another semester. I wasn't really sure what was happening with like the band and all that. I mean, we were still hitting it really hard, but there's a quote from Henry by the Eagles where he's like, you know, a rock and roll band is always on the verge of breaking up. That's just the truth. That's how it is. You never really know what's going to happen. So I was doing the, the, the music thing. I was in school and I didn't want to like sign on a year lease. Cause I, well, most of my friends had already moved away too. And I had been with my girlfriend for a while. So I moved into her place uh that she she shared with her roommate but technically I te- technically she did but her roommate was never there like her roommate had a boyfriend was gone all the time mm-hmm. so we Had this place to ourselves and we had never really talked about me moving in it was just like oh you could you know you, you can be here until either find your own place or graduate or whatever well mm-hmm. that problems between us among other things we lived on the square have you are you familiar with san marcus no Okay, so, so the school <laughs> bar district, like we lived 200 feet away from the closest bar where all the okay. college kids So being a musician, I was traveling all the time. I was in school or maybe I just graduated. I can't remember. It was kind of fuzzy at this point, but I was you know, busy all the time. And then when I wasn't busy on the road, I was at the bars. That just mm-hmm. caused me up breaking up. And so I wrote the first half of that song as i am while i was at that apartment um kind of just understanding that our our relationship was kind of headed downhill and at that point i was real convicted that what i was doing wasn't wrong Yeah, you know, i was just living my life and i don't know that it was wrong but it definitely wasn't helpful for our relationship yeah. and we ended up breaking up she out and i i did the couch surfing thing for a while and i ended up Ended up at our drummer and bass players. They they lived together at the time. I ended up at their place and um, they had like this old rickety aluminum shed in the backyard. So I asked the drummer, I was like, "Hey man, uh, what do you think about me like just staying in there for a while? Like I'll pay utilities or whatever." He's like, "You could do that, but I think he's about to fall apart, man." He'd be like, "You'd be better off building your own shed." And I think he meant it as a joke. But I took it 100 seriously. I built a storage shed in their backyard, and I roughed it out there for about a year and a half. And uh, that's when I finished the song, the the song of "As I Am." And people never believe—not that they never believe me, but it, it's hard for people to to realize that I was. It was like an eight by eight storage shed, which when when you actually build the walls in it, it turns into like seven and a half by seven and a half, maybe even smaller. Mm-hmm. So I literally I had a bed in there and uh, a little hot plate. That was about it. But it was a lot of and I did a lot of songwriting. I wrote a, a bulk of that first album in that shed.
0: How long were you living in the shed?
1: About like about a year and a half. Um, oh, wow. Would have stayed in there longer, but the bass player ended up moving out of the house, and so a room opened up, and so I just ended up moving out of the house. But, yeah, it was, I don't know, I, I don't regret it at all. It was a lot of fun, and it was a very good learning experience. I don't think I'd ever do it again, <laughs> but I, I could if I, I mean, you know, if I absolutely had to, but it was just a, it was a different time and a different place. I was so drunk all the time back then, too, so it, was, it was <laughs> easier to deal so it's with. like
0: you were, yeah, you were probably barely ever there.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I would, I would sleep there two nights a week maybe and by sleep there i mean i would stumble in at 4 30 or 5 and i'd be up again at 8 30 because we'd get in a van and go somewhere so i wasn't there much
0: yeah that's a cool story though totally like something to tell like and sure. a lot of like musicians probably like don't have like an actual story like that and that the fact you wrote a lot of songs in there too that like benefited like your outcome like that's actually really interesting
1: yeah yeah that's I take that as my like parents tell their kids like oh yeah back in my day I had to walk uphill both ways through the snow kind of story that's gonna be my story when I'm older
0: (laughs) yeah yeah, I had to live in a storage shed (laughs) that's great actually so what is like what are some of your biggest like musical influences when you go into like anything, writing a song, like whenever it started out, because you guys kind of have this vibe where it's kind of, what would you, what genre would you kind of say that you Uh,
1: It's, it's tough. We, we've had that conversation a lot in the van and like hotels all over the place (laughs) where we call ourselves Uh, and our guitar player and myself have kind of, narrowed it down to what we think it really would be we, we call it roots music everything is is based in, in like the roots which blues um country rock and roll all that all that kind of comes from really it comes from blues but we, we call it roots music we have a lot of country influence i'm a very very big country music fan um mostly stuff predating 1996 or something you know somewhere around that area i like, I like a lot of the old stuff uh, but our, our band kind of comes from a very, very broad spectrum of, of musical taste. Uh our guitar player, his background is like kind of like pop punk and really, really heavy stuff like uh metal and you know, stuff that make your ears bleed. But the craziest thing about that is his dad was and still is a fantastic dance hall music, like country music singer. So he grew up in bars, you know, listening to all the country classics. So he had that background and he, you know, I think for whatever reason, kids just want to rebel. So they go do what <laughs> parents are doing, uh, but him and I share, share a, a love for some of that pop punk stuff too. Like we, we both grew up on green day pretty heavily and mm-hmm. a lot of that rock based stuff. And then our, our drummer like has been to every Metallica concert ever. You know, he's a huge Metallica fan. A huge Pantera fan and uh heavier music, but also like has a really weird obsession with Bob Seeger, which it, the the fact that he, Bob Seeger isn't weird. Bob Seeger's badass, but like you listen to all the other stuff he's listening to. It's like blood coming out of their eyeballs. And yeah. Bob, weird. Uh and then our bass player um is a really, really like uh, I don't even know how it's a connoisseur, I guess of melody. So anything that has good melody is like a lot of the old California country stuff. Um, but also like a lot of eighties the, the like Depeche Mode, the cure, all that stuff. I think is what his parents were listening to when he was younger. So we have this really eclectic uh, mix of genres that we like when it comes to like being influenced currently uh, we're always listening to, we're always trying to find new stuff. But we always find ourselves reverting back to like somewhere around 1968 to 70, Mm -hmm. somewhere in there. We're all huge Leonard Skinner fans. Um, I'm like a Merle Haggard mega nut. That's like the background Mm -hmm. on my – that's probably my biggest influence of all time other than Jason Isbell. But um, we really try to just – I don't know how to say it without sounding like a (laughs) echo but listen to whatever comes in. Um, there's always songs around and I don't mean that in like the, you know, there's a song on the radio, like
0: yeah. there's
1: up there in the atmosphere and you, you got to grab them. I forget there's a songwriter that said that, but it's very true. So like if a, a song comes, comes to me or, or comes to one of our band members or a melody or whatever, and it sounds like a funk song, then we'll just take it as a funk song and we kind of try to do that thing. Um, we're we're pretty influenced by everything that we hear we're always trying to hear more stuff too
0: yeah that's really interesting because i i like how you like how you like what you labeled yourselves as like you know it's like that is true you're true to yourselves and you're taking all of your guys's influences and showing showcasing that through your music because you'll listen to one of your songs and it doesn't sound like any of the others and it's like it's cool that you guys can all have different influences and come together and make something that people have probably never heard before. And like you, like you said, like always finding new music and stuff. That's like literally what I do like all the time I go through different playlists and I try to find like different artists and songs that I like. And you end up finding like some of the most like smallest groups that end up being your favorite just because of like their writing styles and that, all their songs are different and it's really cool that you guys all influence like you share your influences with each other and that just controls the outcome which is really interesting actually because I feel like sometimes in groups they're just it's kind of based off of like one person's this is what I want for this but it's like no you guys all bring yourselves together
1: yeah for sure and I I mean as I mentioned before I think we all love music so much. Like we we've spent so much time in a van just mm-hmm. driving place to place. That for the most part, I kind of control the aux cord, <laughs> but it's not because I, don't, I I try not to be like a bully about it. You know, whenever they want to hear songs, I'll I'll put whatever they want on them. But I, I feel like I'm pretty good about uh knowing what they like. So we'll like explore different stuff while we're on the road. And, They'll, you know, they'll play different songs. We all kind of turn each other on to different songs. And I think one thing that we all do really well is take it in. Also, some people turn them on to a song and they're like, whatever, I don't care. But uh, they all listen really well to to stuff that I'll show them and and vice versa. Like anytime they show, they've, they've showed me so many songs and artists along the way that end up bleeding into our music, you know, somewhere down the road
0: yeah that's literally like what my boyfriend did to me with you guys he was like he's like i saw these guys like as openers and i just became obsessed with them and so he was constantly playing your guys' songs and you know i eventually learned them and added them to my playlist and he's like he just gets so excited when i listen to a song that he showed me and like, that's like with anyone like you show them a song and they end up like loving it that's like a good feeling for you too
1: and it really is.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, completely. So back to, like, your guys' music, what's, like, your favorite song you've ever released?
1: Huh, that one's really tough. <laughs> I I have a few that I'm really proud of, like, the writing, I guess. Um, there's a song called bloomfield off of our first album that i wrote and like a really i wrote that in the shed and we had like this a very very long story short we had just been getting our ass kicked for months we were so broke and we had come back from this really really shitty show or two really shitty shows and i got sick and i wrote this song in like maybe 20 minutes tops like it just came right out and uh I remember thinking that it was good and then kind of showing it to people and kind of getting some affirmation. And now, even today, I mean, it's been... We released that album in 2020. Yeah, 2020. So like three years, three and a half years later, after releasing that album and writing that song, I still still think it's one of my best. Um, there's another song called... Prayers that I wrote. Um, that was the first song that I wrote off of this new album, and I remember thinking that it was really, really good at the time. Still, still think it's really good. And then there's another song called uh, "Forever Can Wait" that's off of our most recent album, and it was kind of like towards the end of the writing cycle. But I remember writing it, um, and I I was working at HEB, like the grocery store, and
0: mm-hmm. pushing.
1: Shopping carts, and I finished writing it while I was pushing the shopping carts. And I had I like almost had to step away because I started, almost started crying after I wrote this song. It was it was like that heavy to me, I guess, at the time, which I think is uh, it was something that I had only heard about people doing, but I had never gotten that deep into into my writing. I thought I was always trying to, but I couldn't. But I'd kind of just gotten so close to the characters of the song that that whenever. What finally happens in the song happened. I I was real, you know, struck by it. Uh, So, like writing wise, those are my top ones. But um, we have a couple really, really cool sonic songs, sonic sound songs. Um, There's a song called "Love in a Bottle" that we released as a single, and it's it's just different than anything we've done before, and it's kind of R and B ish, a little, you know, funky. And that one was really, really fun to record. That one was also one of those songs that I said that like just kind of came together in the studio. Mm -hmm. I hadn't written before, showed up with a guitar part, and then we tracked the entire song uh, one day and I went home or I not went home. We were staying at a hotel in Stephenville and I went to that hotel while everyone else went to the bar and wrote that entire song. Like in one night, and then went back and tracked the vocals the next day. And it came out really well. And I'm really proud of that one. Um, and then there's a song called How to Love off of our first album, which is also, and they're like these, both those songs are kind of in the same vein, but not anything like each other. But mm-hmm. they're just, when we do, we're really, I hate to say it like good, because that's not what I mean, but we're really familiar with like rock and roll. We can play rock mm-hmm. and roll, uh, you know, guitar riffs and all that. But when we, branch out and do other stuff. It's really fun. And so I think those two are like probably some of my favorite songs that we've done that are different.
0: You can compliment yourself. It's okay. You can say you're good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like saying we're good. Cause I don't mean it that way, but like I've been guitar for 21 years now and our, our guitar player has been playing for 16 or 17 years, I think. So, and he's, it's crazy. Cause I've been playing longer than him. He's just worlds better than I am as a musician, but we, we can sit there and, play guitar solos and rock and roll riffs all day so that's we're a little more familiar with that ground for sure
0: yeah more experienced
1: yeah exactly
0: <laughs> what's like what's like a crowd favorite when you perform live like what's like one of your like favorites to sing because the crowd just kind of livens up uh
1: love in a bottle for sure we've we've had a little bit of success in the past with like we had a song that song i mentioned how to love people really liked that one um there's a song called rain in fort worth that we played that does really well people really liked that one but love in a bottle was the first song that we ever released where like we released it the day before a show or something and then the like next day people were already singing the chorus like loud very very loudly which was something we're not we weren't used to and so i would say without a doubt i think that song is the one that people have latched on to and, and learned pretty well. And it's a lot of fun to play live.
0: Yeah. That must have been like an incredible feeling. Like we just released a song. They already know it. <laughs> it
1: is. It is. I, and like we've been playing that first album for, for three years now. So when we go to places, it's, it's always great to see people singing the songs and, and knowing them. It never gets old, but we've you know that song that, that album's been out forever so it's like okay cool yeah they get they get it you know they listen to songs but love in a bottle whenever i mean we put it out like i said a day later people we were singing it it was it was kind of shocking
0: Mm-hmm. totally so just to kind of wrap things up here what it's what's next for shaker hymns like new music like w- like touring like what's next What's will take your goals for this next fall and upcoming year
1: our goal, <laughs> is tough. I think first and foremost, we want to, we want to stay a band. <laughs> it's a hard, <laughs> a hard, uh hard industry to make it in. And uh, that, I mean, that sounds depressing or whatever, but all, we've, we've been doing it so long and we're, we all have such a great relationship with each other as individuals. Like we, I, we truly do, do love each other as a family, but you know, sometimes love doesn't pay the bills. So we're, mm-hmm. we're trying to stay as busy as possible. I would say that's our first goal, stay busy. Um, other than that, I can't even think about writing an album, right? Now. I've, been, I've been writing other songs because I write all the time. But the last album that we did was a concept album. So it was like an entire story from front to back. And it was our sophomore album, which... If uh, I don't know how where you are with like band uh, timelines, but traditionally the sophomore album is like a make or break it album for bands, and yeah. it's uh, you have your debut, and then if that does reasonably well, people are expecting a lot out of a follow up with sophomore. So, there was a lot of pressure and stress on this last album, there was a, a lot of pressure and stress to make it cohesive. So, right now, I think we're just going to try and stay as busy as possible. Um, I have some ideas for like where the next album would go. I think um, mostly uh, based around being on the road because we've done that so much. Mm. Um, this this album we just released is is a lot like a commentary on the industry itself. And it's not like a, a bad thing. I'm not sitting over here being like, oh, you know, all you people and your fancy suits it's not like that kind of thing yep. it's it's more just a uh, it's a a kind of a dialogue and a conversation about what happens at the lower levels um, it's a it's a hard business to be in it's a hard industry and i think a lot of times there's like the dichotomy of of rich versus poor but it's it's really not about that it's really just about being poor being on the bottom and trying to scrape yeah. you get to the top but yeah living have-
0: in a storage shed
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have ideas about, like I said, writing or you know, albums moving forward. But the the thought of even trying to get another album together right now is just I'm I'm exhausted just thinking about it. <laughs> number one goal is just stay busy, be on the road, and hopefully get our music to people that like it.
0: Yeah, totally, and that's something you can only do with like touring and stuff going playing new places and gaining new fans like you guys open up for a lot of people and like honestly like i am a big supporter of like showing up for the openers because they might end up becoming like your favorite artists 100 yeah yeah that's like total and then you can from that you can just keep going and building yourself up so the goal of staying together is a good one <laughs>
1: sure for sure. And I mean, you know, talking about that opening artist thing, we're all ourselves music fans first. I think in our band, that's that's what we love the most. That's always been one of the things that we do if we go watch an artist. Even before we were a touring opening act, we were always going and watching the opening act because we wanted to okay. know. Uh, okay. Of course, that's why we went there. But we always wanted to go see uh, see if someone would surprise us at the beginning of the show.
0: Totally, Yeah. They, they set the mood for the rest of how the rest of the night is going to be. And, like, really? truly, opening acts are sometimes even better than the a lot
1: of like, times. main acts. <laughs> i seen that happen a lot of times.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I love your yeah. chat about the band and everything and what's to come. And you guys are great. Like, I wish you nothing but success. So keep going. Keep staying busy.
1: All right, later. Thanks for the for the invite. I appreciate it.
0: Yep, yeah, of course. I
1: find peace in playing but my words don't mean it damn. Because these rules are meant for breaking like your heart and my plans. These rules are meant for breaking like your heart and my plan. So I said take